Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Well, this sucks. Good, dude. Good. Just getting over COVID here, so. Oh, you too, huh? <laughs> yeah, I had it. I had it in January. It sucked, but yeah, you'll live. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, it's not too bad. I got it uh, over the weekend there, so. No worries, man. I'm just uh, chilling at home. Kids just ship the kids off to school, so. Well, ladies out shopping, so. House to myself. It's nice. Yeah, no, that's always good. <laughs> yeah, I cherish those moments for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Are we doing uh, audio only or are you doing video? Nah, man. We'll just do audio. Okay, cool. Good. Yeah. Good deal. See, we got a mutual buddy there, eh, Sam? Aries. Oh, oh, oh Sam Ayers? Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's good shit. So you must be uh, down in Montana too, eh? No, I'm in Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm originally from New York and uh, I moved out to Arizona in 1991. So I've been here for freaking... Been a while, yeah, yeah, right on. So, uh, I guess maybe we'll just get rolling here. And, uh, sure, I know we talked about doing, uh, we'll, we'll talk about some serious stuff, maybe some tactic tactics. I don't know, it, it kind of seems I don't want to say irrelevant, but I mean, I know down there you guys got a lot of shit going on up here, we got lots of stuff going on. So, yeah, and I'd like to hear what the stuff that you guys got going on because we don't, you know, we don't necessarily get that, yeah, that information. and right now so my the organization alpha wildlife that i'm working Mm -hmm. with or actually i'm on the board actually completely honest with you i'm one of the co-founders yeah yeah i I knew that and um i know we want to start working on stuff in canada you know we're trying to do it a whole north american you know yeah that that, that'd be kick-ass for sure because uh i mean you know i i I mean you've talked about it i've talked about everybody you know everybody always says it but um 
just never seems to to take any shape. You know what I mean? Like hunter unity is huge. And you know, if, if we can combine all the hunters in Canada and the U S we'd be, we'd be unstoppable when it came to issues everywhere. You know what I mean? We would destroy them. Yeah, exactly. Really. Oh, yeah. Shut that off. Cool dude. Well, why don't we just start out? Maybe you can uh, give the Canadian folks here an intro to yourself and then, uh, and then we'll hop right into uh, how, uh, how for wildlife, how that all got started. And uh, sure. And you know, the mission and all that, all that jazz. Absolutely. So uh, John Stallone and uh, I've been hunting since I'm five years old. I'm 45 now. So better part of 40 years. Um, actually got to take take my first deer at five years old with my dad he uh he held the gun with me um and uh shot a buck and uh in new york upstate um if you haven't realized from my accent i'm originally from new york and uh live in arizona now i have a wife and uh three kids who all enjoy hunting and fishing and uh including my wife she's taken a few animals herself so are my kids and uh yeah, I've been in the hunting industry, uh, being a professional, quote unquote, being paid to hunt uh, in some way, shape or form since like 2001. So I've been at it for a long time. I've had my own podcast for since 2005. So how, however many years that is, I don't even know anymore. That started out, you know, as a, uh, as an extra, you know, an extra feature yeah as part of the, um, the hunting channel online. So I own the hunting channel online as well as a few other hunting businesses. I'm a guide and outfitter here in Arizona and South Dakota. I, um, I started doing it like one podcast a month just for the members. And then sometime, I believe in 2015, I brought it, you know, onto iTunes and uh, then I started doing one a week. And I think for a year or two, I did two a week, which was freaking ridiculous. Um, well, I won't be doing that. Yeah, so that's, I- a, that's a lot of work. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to get like, I was doing one a week for a while there. And it's just like, man, it like everything seems to like, just take a back seat when you're, you know, everybody thinks, you know, you talk to guys and like, well, how hard can it be? You just, you know, you, you get to talk to cool people and you talk about hunting. Like that's pretty sweet like how hard can it be but yeah a lot of stuff behind the scenes that goes on editing well, and all that other shit. editing scheduling is always a pain yeah. in the ass right and then uh i'm sorry i should have asked you i i curse like a sailor i don't know what uh what oh, your reading, reading is okay <laughs> dude, <laughs> you're, you're not gonna swear more than i am i'm an ex-fisherman so i got oh, okay. uh, yeah got i got a sailor's mouth so good 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 um yeah because I, I have a really hard time uh, curbing that I think the only guy I think that swears more than me is maybe Snyder. So, oh yeah, he's he's pretty good at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I've been an outfitter here in Arizona, and and uh, I say I shouldn't say I, I've been an outfitter for only a few years, like five five or six years. But I, I've been a guide on and off for probably 15, 20 years. I can't remember, but yeah, I've been all over the place. I've uh, I've hunted all over. The, really the world. I mean, I've hunted in Canada, Mexico, I've hunted a little bit in Europe and Argentina and Hawaii and well, Hawaii is not really a different country, but it feels like it's a different country aside from your sheeps and, you know, high dollar, really high dollar hunts. I've pretty much hunted everything. Safe uh, to say you're a veteran, veteran yeah. in the industry and veteran yeah. hunter. We'll just yeah. leave it at that. There we go. That's enough. That's enough bio right there. Um, I am one of the, uh, 
co-founders of Howl for Wildlife you mentioned earlier. Um, and that's some of the stuff we're going to talk about today. But the that came about, there was a, a hunting ban or a bill uh, presented in California, which my my hunting partner and now my business partner, um, Charles Whitwam, he calls me up and he's like, Hey, they, you know, they're trying to ban bear hunting here in Arizona or in California. And I'm like, all right. He's like, what do you think we should do? I'm like, well, let's start a change.org petition. You know, I'll reach out to all these people that I know. I, I mean, one of the great things about being a pothead cast host is I have a lot of influential people that mm-hmm. I've connected with over the years. And I've been doing it for so long that I know, I know a lot of people, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, let's just, you know, push it out to all of them. And then, you know, we'll cast this big net and, and we'll see um, what we can do. And in like the first two days we had like 20,000 and by day five, we had like 27,000 um, signatures. Nice. And, and generated almost $20,000 in donations. And at the time, I didn't understand the whole donation process for change.org. But basically, when you're donating, you're just giving money to change.org. Um, so, but anyway, I'll get to that in a moment. So at, on day five, we're like, oh, man, we got all the signatures. And not with, with the signatures, we were also telling people, hey, email. Um, emailed this uh, congressman, I forgot his name, it was uh, Wiener, <laughs> really funny last name, but <laughs> his last name is Wiener, and uh, and we, we we were calling him and everything, so between the petition and the calling and the and the emails, he's like, I don't want anything to do with this, and he, he was the sole sponsor of the bill, so the bill just died. He Perfect. Back. Mission accomplished. Right, exactly. We're like, whoa, there we go. So we even, we shut that down because people were still donating and and so a couple more things popped up we had something in nevada and and then uh something with how i think it was in montana i don't know i keep forgetting what it is i gotta go back and ask charles but and we didn't have quite the amount of people but we had got like 10 to fifteen thousand for both and that that was enough to get those knocked off the bill too and i was like oh yo there's something to this yeah but we generated like $30,000 $30,000 between the three for change.org. And I'm like, listen, change.org is not really a hunter friendly platform. Number one, if anything, they kind of, they lean left and there are so many anti hunting petitions on there. It's ridiculous. Um, so I'm like, we can't keep using them. We, we need to start our own change.org. So we went down that road, um, actually, you know, paid for developed a site, um, and it sucked. It sucked. So that's when kind of Charles stepped in and he was like, all right, I'm going to do some research. And he just went mad scientist and started talking to all these different advocacy platforms and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, by the end of, of 2021, he's, we had a site and, um, he funded the whole thing pretty much. I mean, we, I mean, it, it was it was pretty incredible. He just got super dedicated because he lives in California, and California shut down his business basically. So he had a crap ton of time on his hands. Yeah, and he was just like, "I'm going to do something that I'm passionate about," and we just kind of had had all this stuff done, and we we weren't really ready to launch. It was uh, a little over a month ago, so it was a uh, 
January 11th. That we is that launched. it? Is that it's yeah. only been a month and you guys already got all this shit done? Crazy, right? Crazy. Jesus. All that stuff done. We have close to 20,000 members already. Like it's it's absolutely insane. Um and and we we knew it was going to be big like that because we had that kind of a response with the bills, right? The from the year before with the with the petition. We knew that if we made it easy for people to do and there wasn't any obstacles. It was just like, you know, done, 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 click, 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 um, done. And yes, I did my part. I can go on with my day. Everybody's got, you know, two minutes. It's not even, doesn't mm-hmm. even take two minutes, but everybody's got two minutes to do it. But if you ask somebody to like, Hey, can you contact your Congressman? Their the intention is there. They want to, but they're never going to do it. I mean, one society today, think about it you look at your cell phone and if a if something doesn't load in like three seconds you 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 start getting aggravated with it you're on instagram or something like that and you see a video and the video is like one minute you're like hey i don't got time for this it's over 30 (laughs) if it's over 30 seconds that's it you know it's like too much so sad man it's so true and so sad and and it's weird because i can real i realize it all the time even though i've adapted that myself i find myself getting upset with it it's like shit i was on my desktop this morning and like uh one of the pages i was trying to look up some some parts for my construction company and i'm like why is this not loading and it was literally like three four seconds and then it finally loaded and i was like oh, okay you know oh, i find yeah, myself I'm, getting upset uh, everyone does i'm guilty of it everyone like it's just it's and, just sad and i was born in the 70s you know like there was no internet I, i'm not oh I'm, me too man I'm used to, i was used to all this you know you know stuff not being there now that i've been habituated like i find myself reaching for my phone when I have no reason to reach for my phone. Yeah. So that's what we become as a society, you know? Yeah, man. That's not, I feel you. Yeah. I just, so we took that into consideration when we built the platform and, and we wanted to make it so that all these people with good intentions didn't really have an excuse anymore, you know, and they could, uh, they can basically just go on there, take action very quickly. And the, the platform itself is very uh, fast acting as well because we can use it across social media. And the idea was really was taking a page out of the, uh, the anti-hunters book. You know, we are the money that we're generating uh, after it pays for the cost to run the website, which is considerably high, unfortunately, because of it's, we are connected to every single decision maker in the United States right now. Mm-hmm. So any bill, any state, any city at any level, we're connected to them. And that's it, awesome. It, that's what it, we need. That's a, that's what it takes though. You know what I mean? Like, right. Exactly. And that. unfortunately that's a lot of, it costs a lot of money to do, but we knew that was necessary. Um, so other than that, once, once that, you know, once we cover those, those expenses, the idea is to go to education of the non-hunting public, because look at what the anti-hunters have been doing since really since Bambi came out and maybe probably before that, uh, you know, with Walt Disney and all that, they have portrayed hunters as the villain in mainstream media forever. Everything, everything that is shown hunters do. are the villain, villain doesn't matter. Like exactly everything. Yeah, we. I mean, 
I, I challenge you to find a movie, you know, that has, I'm pretty sure there is one or two out there, but that I don't know of them, but I'm sure there is a couple, but every movie. And I, and it really hit home with me like a few years ago, I was flipping through. I don't remember what it was, probably Netflix or something, but, and I started watching this movie with, um, oh my God, now I forgot her name. Little blonde chick. That sounded really bad, but um, <laughs> Reese, Reese Witherspoon. And I think it was Reese Witherspoon, if I remember right. And she was like on this hike across the Oregon Trail or something. Yeah. Yeah. Lines. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And I can't remember all the details because yeah. I stopped watching the movie after this part. And she it's runs into these hunters and like, that are elk hunting and they're one of them's drinking a beer and they're backpacking and they're just kind of <laughs> shady. They're like shady dudes. And you're like, are these guys got a rape part? Are these guys got a rape part? And I'm like, oh my God, like this is this is like what the non-hunting public views us as. This is what we yeah. are. As soon as they see that, it, yeah, dude, I always watch that same movie and I was like, and I I was I was yelling at the TV, and my wife's like, wait, would you calm the fuck down? And I'm like, look, look at this. First of all, these guys are backpack hunting elk. With a beer, nobody like get real. Who's gonna carry that weight? <laughs> I'm sure they'll not carry a six pack in the back. No tree, right? Like, no way. But yeah, I, I mean, I mean if then oh, if, if we're not looked at that, we're looked at as guys driving around in pickup trucks, drinking beer, shooting out the back, you know, just willy nilly at anything that moves or Elmer Fudd. It's all either way. It's all negative, right? We're not yeah. not putting in a positive light. And which is the sad thing. So the anti-hunting, or excuse me, not the anti-hunting, but the non-hunting public doesn't know. Uh, and I'm not exactly sure how it all works in Canada and how you guys have your, your what the model is up there. But I know the North American, you know, model for wildlife conservation that we have here in the United States. These people don't understand that they can go into a national forest and see elk and see deer and and all these things were all because of the efforts of hunters and the funding that comes from the Pittman Robertson and and all these other organizations out there that are developing habitat and so on and so forth. Um, and it's and so our our goal is to mainstream do hug a hunter type programs and so on and so forth. We're actually working on getting a billboard right now in San Francisco of all places, you know, um, that is going to be like, you know, hug a hunter. You can thank cause you see blacktail or whatever, you know, that yep. type of scenario uh, put some stats up there because we want to address people who just don't know. Which is huge. Like that's step one. Sadly and unfortunately, our right to hunt and fish lies in the hands of the non-hunting community. Not the anti-hunters, not the politicians. It's unfortunately, it's in the non-hunting community because if politicians, they they do what gets them votes, what exactly. wins the election. And exactly. whatever makes them look the best is yeah. what they're going to do. And at, and at face value, if they see a bill that comes across and says, uh, you know, no bear hunting or whatever, they're like, oh, cool. I'm going to save cute and fuzzy bears. And that's going to make me look good, but they don't know the science. They don't understand that, you know, uh, the ramifications, if they were to have gotten rid of that. And as soon as you let them know that they're like, Whoa, I don't even want to have anything to do with this mm-hmm. unless they're an anti-hunting person already. Yeah. That's a little different, yeah. but for well, the most part, yeah. it's, you know, you, I don't come across a lot of anti-hunters, you know what I mean? But I come across a lot of non-hunters like 
yeah you know 10 to 1 non-hunters over hunters over anti-hunters but oh yeah um sure you know yeah it's just it's making those connections talking to those people but uh you know how for wildlife what you guys got going on pretty cool and it's unique it's not like those other it's not like like nothing against all the other hunt organizations you know they do a lot of good stuff yeah. um a few things i don't like is that you know you're required to have a membership you guys it's not a requirement correct and like the whole platform you guys are running on is completely different. It's unique. It's it's like nothing that I've seen before anyways. So maybe we can talk about that. Just what your guys' platform is like, what your guys' goals are and like how people sure. sign up. Sure. So um, like you said, there's no membership required. Um, starting in the next couple of weeks, depending, I don't know when this comes out or not, but the um, we actually will have a membership We've been working and the reason why we didn't want to launch the membership thing is because we want the membership if you are a, a paid member. So there's we're always going to have free membership. Um, there's uh, and we might change the names of these, but I'm right now it's if you're going to be a pack member, it's free. And as a pack member, if you go to the website and you join as a pack member, you um, are put into our incentive program automatically in our incentive program is every time you take an action, we are going to reward you with X amount of points based on that action. Okay. Uh, and that action could be you recruiting somebody, could be you donating, could be you physically signing a petition or sending an email or getting on a phone call or joining a, a, a fish and game meeting, yada, yada, yada. The list kind of goes on. So you accumulate points. And as you accumulate points, once you get to a certain threshold of points, you're automatically put in for randomized drawing of with our partners to, to for free, uh, free gear. We are working on some stuff right now where um, you can trade those points for a certain amount of discount to purchase gear. Um, and with the paid membership, all that stuff gets sexier and there will be free hunt giveaways and stuff like that. Um, you know, kind of to reward those people that are, that are helping us. Uh, But you don't have to become a member at all, period, to take action. You just put your name, you can say, hey, you know what? I just, I'm interested in this one. I mean, this goes against what we, what we're trying to do. We're trying to get everybody to care about everything, Mm -hmm. but we know it's not going to happen, but it's just, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I I get it. I mean, unfortunately, (laughs) Unfortunately, it'd be nice if there was no like prefix in front of hunters and, you know, we weren't, there were no whitetail hunters. There was no exactly. elk, elk hunters. There was Saying no it. bear hunters. <laughs> there was just hunters. Do you know what I mean? And it, it, exactly. it's hard. It's really hard to get like up here, a deer hunter in Ontario, mm-hmm. a whitetail deer hunter in Ontario to give a shit about a moose and caribou hunt. That's potentially going to be closed now in Northeastern BC. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And we have the same, you know, obviously we have the same issue here is what, 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 what is a guy in South Carolina who hunts hogs and deer out of a tree stand give two craps about, you know, an elk hunter in New Mexico. It just doesn't like, it doesn't compute. And yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you put it on a, on a long enough timeline, it's gonna, because it's just, exactly. it's just one strike, right? It's one chip. It's a, war, of, it's a war of attrition or death yeah, by man. a million, death by yeah. a million cuts, and no ma- yeah. way you want to put it. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, no matter how many times you talk about the low lying fruit, it's just like people, 
they just can't see it. Like, you know what I mean? It, it has to, for some people it has to directly, it has to like be at their doorstep to realize the fact that this does affect them, which is really sad. And right. I, I wish it wasn't like that. Well, I, I uh, you know, through stuff like this, through conversations like this and podcasts like you, we are reaching people and we're starting to get a shift. Mm-hmm. We're starting to get a shift. Um, and I think it's, it's huge. I mean, think about it right now. If we were to have, there's, and I don't know if this includes Canada. I think this is a North American uh, number, but I believe 15 or 16 million hunters. I think it's just the United States. I think yeah, that, had, that's probably I, just the United States. I think if we add Canada, that go, goes even you know, yeah, you might have another million. I don't know, maybe not that many. We it, you only have people. a million, million hunters in Canada. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the stat, but I mean, no, we only have get out of here. We only have thirty-five million people here, so I know, but I think I, 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 you believe me, I believe it's over five million. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, I'd have anyway. to look it up. I should know that. I mean, like realistically. Yeah, I feel like I should know that too, but um, I'm gonna have to look that up now. That's gonna bother me. Um. You know, so let's just say we got out of, out of the, the the two countries. There's two. There's 20 million people, right? 20 million of us. Could you imagine? There wouldn't be a bill that ever came up. Like every time, you know, something popped yep. up somewhere, that that person got 20 million emails or 20 million. Like you, would, oh, dude, it'd be, it'd be unstoppable. It. Yeah, it'd break be like it. over game over game like done. I want no joke. If we can get 15 to 20% of those 20 million, I still think we'd be unstoppable. Right. I mean, that sounds like a lot, but it, but in reality, I mean, is it really that hard? Like it's not, it's not like it shouldn't be that hard. Exactly. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Yeah. It shouldn't be. I don't, I don't know why it is, but (laughs) it shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it shouldn't be 1.3 million hunters in Canada. That's it. Oh my god. 15.2 million in license holders in the United States. Yeah. So, um, but I mean that's still a lot. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is like it when is. an issue comes up here in Canada, we don't get even, you know what I mean? Like we, we don't get that 1.3 million dollar 1.3 million. Yeah, it's hard to activate that many people, right? We we don't even get 13,000 supporters. And it's sad, especially here in BC. British Columbia, like British Columbia has more game to like over the counter tags, just species to hunt than anywhere else you're going to find in North America. It's insane. And we have more shit and more crap to deal with up here. And the least amount of support from hunters, like when they took the grizzly bear hunt away, there was very few people that stood up and said, Hey, like uh, if this gets taken away, we're not going to stand about it. I mean, everybody grumbles now, four years later, but a lot of good that's going to do. Right. So, yeah, I was, I was listening to, um, a seminar by uh, Dr. Geist, who yeah. just passed. Yeah, recently. Val, yeah. Yeah. He's a good man, yeah. Yeah, that's sad. I, he was I talking talked to him like a week there. before he passed away. I was so oh, sad. really? Wow. Yeah. I was. Trying, the crazy thing is I found out he was, it sucked. I, I was actually trying to set up a podcast with him, and that's how I found out he, he had passed. Yeah, yeah. I didn't no, even know. He was a, he's a beauty. He's just a beautiful man. He was just such a good guy, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, he was talking about Canada, and he was talking about the um now i forgot the term that he uses but uh, like predator predator pits predator pits thank you thank about the predator pits and that were occurring since the whole 
just since the four-year ban of grizzly bear hunting. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in that short of a time, how it had shifted the landscape, you know, and I'm like, wow, that's, that's nuts, you know? Yeah. So Pacific Wild, they're an anti-hunting group and like they just portrayed the grizzly bear hunt as just a trophy hunt where guys go and shoot the trophy, do a grip and grin and leave it. That's right. It. Like it was on an LEH draw for system first. So like you had to put in for an, for you had to put in draws just to get that hunt. And I mean, I put in for years. I never got it, but the, I know guys who did and they, they took the hideout. They'd even took the meat out. Right. You know what I mean? Like they didn't treat it any different than a black bear, yep. but I mean, they, they, what they did was they portrayed this hunt, the specific hunt as a grip and grin mm-hmm. hunt, the epitome of a trophy hunt and that are that we were killing all these thousands of bears a year just to do just for a picture and, and just for a like on Instagram. We, the province allowed us to take 2% of the grizzly bears, which was like nothing. Uh-huh. And so they'd portray this down in Victoria, Vancouver. And then the general public said, yeah, you know what? We, we don't agree with this at all. And they put pre- pressure on the politicians and that was it. And it happened quick and it was over. It was done. Then they're like, okay, well, we're, we're right now we're, we're implementing an immediate ban on all grizzly bear hunting. And right. that was done. Right. Yeah. So that's their, that's their main tactic. Yeah. Main tactic is all perception. Right. Yeah. And, and a lot of hunters, well, one of the things that's really cool about how for wildlife, um, a lot of the hunters didn't even know about it. Mm-hmm. That's one of the cool things about social media is that, um, you know, now you get quick access to a lot of these things that you weren't aware of at all. Like right now in BC, there's the government um, secretly is trying to trade a whole bunch of our hunting. They're, they're trying to trade a whole bunch of our public land. Mm-hmm. They're trying to turn it into uh, resource development. So what they're going to do is they're going to shut down access to all residents of British Columbia, which is includes like camping, hiking trails, hunting, fishing into a big chunk of Northeastern BC. And then they're going to shut down the caribou and moose hunt in the process of doing it. And so they tried to like secretly slip this under the rug, but somebody caught wind of it. They put it on Facebook and now uh, luckily it's blown up. Like a lot of people, you referenced the grizzly bear hunt. Like, Hey man, if we're not talking about bear hunt, we're talking about moose and caribou hunting. And and not only that, like we're talking camping spots being down public walking trails, all this shit. Right. And like, so we're hoping um, you get a lot of the there's outdoors, outdoorsy people to get on. Yeah. yeah. So then, you know, that's what I, I went on Facebook right away. And I was like, I started approaching hiking groups. I started approaching like, Hey, are you guys aware of what's going on to this? Like, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm a hunter. I support hunters, but this is, this is something that uh, affects everybody, not just the people who are hunting and fishing, utilizing these, the land and the resource for stuff that they like. It's, it's mm-hmm. every, it's going to affect everybody. So uh, hopefully it get, gets some traction. Right. Well, that's one, but that's one thing I, I love about how for wildlife is like how you guys have it set up. We're like, I was looking at the website again today and I signed up and uh, it's like, it shows specific issues that are going on right now. And like you click on it, and it has, it shows exactly what's going on. And then like, it gives you an opportunity like, Hey, you know, I want to support this or I want to support all of them or, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You, guys super easy. On there. yeah. you go to the action center, you put your name and your email in there and you click and you're, you're pretty much done. Yeah. If you want to, so the like for if it's an email uh, type, you can actually highlight the words on the email or you can change, you know, you can change words. You can erase everything that's said there and write your own email if you wanted to. Um, it's, it's really neat. And the th- cool thing about it is it's not it doesn't come as a canned email it doesn't come keep coming from our site. 
you know, they don't get 9 million, uh, you know, emails yeah. from Halfa Wildlife. The, the actual email comes direct from you. It uses yeah. your email address. Yeah, so. yeah. which makes the difference, I think, because, you know, if, if a politician's sitting there and he gets, a you know, 9,000 emails from one person, then it's going to be like, okay, well, this is just one person just constantly yeah, yeah. sending. But exactly. all of a sudden, if you start seeing the way they're looking at it as votes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this is like, okay, well, I got 9,000 votes here that, uh, you know, they feel this way. So maybe we better, uh, we better revisit this or, or think strongly of against what we're doing or else we're not going to have a seat here next year. Exactly. And that's, and that's the point and that's w- what we need to do. Yeah. And I, I'd like to, uh, maybe we could do this off, off the podcast, but we could talk about, I'd like to figure out how we can help out Canada and how, how we can, you know, jump on board with this particular issue yeah. coming up. Cause you know, we Dude, don't, that'd be badass for sure. We don't hear about it, but let's, you know, Here's the thing, like, I know, I, I mean, I've hunted Canada probably eight, eight or nine times mm-hmm. that I can think of, um, and, and, and all over the country, not just, I've been to BC, I've been to Saskatchewan, I've been uh, on the East Coast, um, I've been, yeah, I went bear hunting on the East Coast, I've, I've been, I've been pretty much, you know, as as much as you can be in nine times, I've been all over the place in Canada, you know, yeah, and and sure. I think I think that there's a lot of people that would like to go hunting there. So I don't know if the decision makers uh, there would care as much because we're not going to be voting for them, but they have to understand that when they have to look at well, once Canada decides they want to open their borders back up and, and start allowing travel, you know, correctly and whatever. But um, that's a lot of revenue coming from another country, you know, into your, yeah. into well, your yeah. country. The, like, the way the thing, okay, yeah, <laughs> like, well, they, with Canada and the U S like we're like with a lot of issues and a lot of, well, like a lot of everything, we're just, we're behind you guys in a lot of ways, right? Like we are so far behind you guys in wildlife management. It, it'd make your head spin. I, the last time I had a conversation was about four or five years ago with a, another gentleman. Uh, I think he lived up in, I think he was in BC also. Yeah. But, and he was, he was explaining it to me. So I know a little bit. Um, he, he made it sound like you guys were always behind the eight ball. Always. And funding, especially. Funding. Well, like. Because of the way it's structured. Yeah, like the way our our government is structured. So like, so what it does is it takes the money that that hunters generate and it throws into a general kitty and then they spend it on whatever, right? Um, fixing potholes in downtown Vancouver or whatever the hell they right, do right, with right. the money, right? Or, you know, uh, each one gets a 10% bonus each year or whatever the hell they do with however they waste the money. But that, you know, that's the point. Like, we don't have stuff like the Pittman Robertson or Dingle Johnson. Those are amazing you gotta, tools and assets to have at your disposal. You yeah. got to petition somebody now. Now's yeah. the time to do it. Now that everybody's so woke with everything that they, people want to get behind something that is, uh, you know, they, that they could be a do-gooder. Mm-hmm. Now would be the time, man. Spearhead it. You got the platform. You got the, you got the ears. You got the people. Just get something going. And then, you know, we'll try to throw the the weight of powerful wildlife behind it. And, you know, you get a couple of other organizations that operate up there and yeah. And yeah, no, that's what as soon as you know, it, then you got like a new excise tax or something even, or, you know, the, for the, me, I don't know. I don't know how most people view this, but everybody that I've ever talked to, I said, Hey, what if we, I mean, this was specific to Arizona. I'm like, what if we just raise 
you know, every tag or every application fee, which was even better. Every application fee, five bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't give a shit. You know, you want to charge me an extra five dollars? I put out freaking thirty thousand dollars a year for tax. You know, I get most of it back, but I put out probably that much to you know to see if I could draw you know yeah. two, two tags or whatever. Um, and but the whole idea is like that five dollars. Maybe that five dollars can be a new thing that's just fun that's specific to you know habitat development or, or species propagation, whatever the case may be, um, access. I mean, I don't think you guys got a whole big problem with access right now, but it, it sounds like you might. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we I, have, like that would be huge. I think. Yeah. Like our access issue is we have too much access. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like we, we have like British Columbia, it's, it's huge. Like just British Columbia alone, it's huge. And 94% public lands, which is roughly the size of Texas is public is free to hunt, right. hunt fish, whatever you want. But the problem we have is just goes back to our management. We have like access roads, like say they clear cut an area. Um, they clear cut it. They leave all the ro- the logging roads intact. They don't deactivate anything. And then wolves will use those and predators will use those. And like that, this kind of gets into to Valerius Geis con- or, you know, discussion on predator, creates predator pits, uh, which is hard on the ungulates. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it just comes down to our just bad, bad management. But um, going back to like what we talked about before with, you know, if we can get Canadians on board with how for wildlife, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 1.3 million people, but now all of a sudden you're getting, it, it's going to be emails in an inbox. I don't think that just because if it's say, say I'm emailing somebody, uh, a, a politician in. No, you're Ars- right. Arizona, he's just going to see my name. He's not going to see where I'm from. He, you know, you know what I mean? Like I, I can guarantee he's not going through and reading 9,000 emails. No, 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 for sure. For sure. So no, I, 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 we, we get that obviously, um, you know, it's part of, part of our tactic, but it's also, um, we, when another thing that, well, at least here in the United States, and I'm sure that it, it will affect them, you guys there in, in Canada as well, but we have, when they do read it and they know it's not from their state, they still look at it because we have so much, especially now in the last five years, everybody hunts out of state, Mm -hmm, right? Everybody travels to hunt and they look at it as, well, that's a tourist. That's also a tourist. That's going to come here. He cares about that because he's going to come here to hunt that, or he has been here to hunt that, or she has been here to hunt that. And, you know, um, I think, I think with everybody, like, we just need the numbers, you know, we just need yep. to get it. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like we talked about before, right. That's 16.5 million people. Right. You know, that's a force. That's an army, man. Yeah. And it's actually, we, we outnumber anti-hunting. Yeah, absolutely. We always have, we've always out, outnumbered them by, I think 5%. And it's, it's always been said, oh, there's 10% and 10% and 80% in the middle, but it's not. It, we actually outnumber and I know why they did, why they say it that way. It's just, you know, to, to put a little fire underneath. Yeah, absolutely. Ass, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying it cause I don't want you to, to be active. I'm saying it that if you are active, you know, and th- that's a funny word active, you know, mm-hmm. I had this guy uh, email us back. He's like, 
act because we were one of the emails we sent back out was like, you know, we need we need hunters to be activists. And his his answer was activism is is code for libtard. And I'm like, this guy's a freaking moron. Like you, you, you need to be active. You can't sit back on your ass. You have to, you have to be active. Have to be. In in order, in order for stuff to happen. Like yeah, absolutely. You can't be a passive, you know, just go about yeah. your life. Those days are freaking way the hell gone. They I think no, you can't do that with anything in life. You know, yes, like, anything like, in life. You got to be active, man. Exactly. With anything you do, you got to be active. The, the days of yeah, just sitting around and hoping it's gonna fall in your lap are fucking over, man. Long over. Right. Well, you know, and here, and I don't know if there's a lot of bleed over from this or not, but I remember when I first took my very first hunter safety course when I was like nine years old in in uh, New York, and part of the curriculum, part of the course was they taught us to be as recluse as possible don't and, and some of this is good because this translates to now today into what you do on social media and stuff like that but the message was be quiet basically you know don't show off your deer don't do this don't do that don't talk to people about hunting don't like it's it was like very like discreet hey, yeah. just just be discreet and they'll and they'll leave you alone. Like that was the message. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think we can be discreet anymore. No, you know, like I don't no. think we can be that anymore. No, no, not with I mean, not with Instagram and Facebook oh, yeah, and all because- that. You just you can't. I mean, it's impossible. It's gonna be absolutely it's impossible. And uh, you know, there's the argument of where like you shouldn't have to hide to be a hunter, and I agree with that. Um, you shouldn't have to hide or apologize for being a hunter. It's just impossible to to hide it now guys just they they're proud and they're happy and they're stoked and yeah. they want to show the people what they just killed and i mean i get it uh yeah social media is the equivalent of us back in 1980 driving into the city you know center of town or whatever and showing off the buck we just shot to, yeah oh yeah, uh, yeah exactly yeah. that's a good analogy yeah. exactly and now, yeah and now it's on a you know on a yeah. giant well that exactly that that used to that used to be what you do right you'd you'd show up and you go to the gas station you have your big elk or your deer in the back and then you'd sit there and you'd sit hang around and wait for everyone to get gas and they'd be like oh hey weird look at that and you start bullshitting and then the next guy would pull up and spend half you know half the day down there right exactly and before that it was you bringing bringing food back to the house and your family coming and yeah, praising you for bringing home meat, and probably before that, it was you know bringing it in the whole the whole community. The camp would come in and you know yeah praise you like so. It's it's part of what we do. Yeah. It's oh yeah. It's of, it's part of our culture for sure. Right, Absolutely. Exactly. So, but you know, I guess what we need to realize now, and you, you started touching on this that that you know, there's been a lot of messages put out there. You know, don't don't show things that are uh, untasteful and, you know, don't maybe not the grip and grin thing is kind of somewhat frowned upon. Now. Um, I say, if you're going to do grip and grin stuff, which I do, I do a lot of, um, you also got to show the meat. You also got to show the pack out. You got to show, you know, yeah. So the whole process, 
Right. So that when somebody sees that and then they swipe to the next photo, it's, you know, yeah. you're, you processing the meat or you carrying the meat out or, or a meal that was made from it. It's like, so I try to put a lot of that stuff out too. Yeah, that's good. So that people, you know, if you go to my blog, my blog has, sometimes I'll do a story and then the story of how I, how I turn that, you know, me into a meal or whatever. And I do a lot of recipes and stuff like that. I've kind of in the last, I mean, I've always been a amateur chef, you know, always been into cooking and whatever, but the last like five, 10 years uh, on the wild game side, I've really tried to up my game. And now I'm like, where I, sometimes I would eat things just because I was, I was almost obligated. Like I felt like I'm mm-hmm. this thing's yeah. I didn't really enjoy some of it. I was like, Ugh. I learned how to cook things much better. And I was like, Oh wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You know? that, yeah. And then that, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I, I need to work on my game cooking immensely. My, my wife's a chef by trade. So she kind of like, Oh, she's always sitting back judging me hey, whatever, whatever <laughs> i do and then, like it doesn't like you know i pulled some uh i pulled an elk roast out one night working away on and she's just like standing over my shoulder and you can hear her, like grinding her teeth in the back she just wants to dive in and she's i'm like do you want to do this she's like yes get out of my way get out of my kitchen i'm like okay <laughs> but you know she she makes it and our whole family loves it. like even the kids they love it like we don't eat beef you know um we my wife little bit of chicken but other than that like we just eat what's in our freezer and that's it and my kids have grown up on it that's awesome i i would love to say that i'm that way but we're not um i i mean we definitely eat plenty of game meat uh but i give away a lot of it because i know and it well and and that's the same thing too right like that's that's the exact same thing too you're getting just like somebody else is getting it right exactly you know I give a lot to, you know, the guys that work for me, neighbors and stuff. And like, um, and they absolutely love it. And they're not, Same. they're not hunters, right? They're non-hunters. But like now, you know, it's funny, like my neighbor that lives below me, he had at the beginning before I moved in, he had, he was on, you know, he was on the fence about hunting. He didn't, you know, he didn't like the idea of going, just killing animals. And, you know, he had kind of had a misperception about it, you know, and then like I brought him into, like, he still doesn't, he comes into my house and he doesn't really like you know the look we got going on here with you know a head or (laughs) yeah a mount on every single wall in the house so uh which is fine you know he he's opened up to it and he loves the meat and he has a lot different uh he's got a lot different perception of of hunters now um than he did when we moved in and that you know that's one person right he now when he talks to somebody else he's telling them say well yeah actually you know what i you know i know a hunter and you know what you're actually wrong it's not just about that it's you know they care a lot about the meat and and they do you know there's a lot that goes into it there's a process and it's right. not just uh going around drinking beer shooting that stuff yep so. exactly and that that's actually one of the messages that i've been trying to spread it and I, i've issued a challenge here uh, i did it on my instagram and um i challenged everybody to get one non-hunting person nice that's a good spark up spark up a dialogue with them cool and explain to them how conservation works what uh, what actually goes into a hunt like if uh, if somebody i always wanted to do i used to have a tv show a tv show for like 14 years um and i always wanted to do like a documentary 
style thing on on a mainstream media that and I guess kind of mediator does something like that now, but it's not, I wanted to show from start to finish. I wanted to call it the season. What went into all the hard work I put into the practice, all the, you know, tinkering with my bow and my gear, mm-hmm. this and that and scouting and obsessing and, and you know, doing all this stuff. Yeah. And, and then the actual trial and tribulations of the, of the actual hunt. I, yeah. I guarantee you if somebody was to be on my, you know, like my elk hunt from Idaho last year. And I think we averaged like 12 miles a day, something, something ridiculous. Yeah. Like we were just, dude, my feet were so freaking screwed up by the end of that trip. Like I was like, I don't even know how I did it. And if they were to go and see like, oh my God, how much money you spent to get here how much effort goes into that? That's like the most expensive. Oh, dude. If my wife knew how much money I spent on, I wouldn't have a wife. (laughs) Yeah. Same here. I mean, it's just, they don't, they don't have a concept of it at all. They only, they go, they revert back to those two guys drinking a beer that we're going to rape Reese Witherspoon. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's, that's the perception. So yeah. It's it's on us. It really is. It's on us to change the narrative to to get people to understand. Um, I you know I've done it. I've done it a a lot of times where I've been in a large group and you know somebody points out that I'm a boy bow hunter or a hunter or whatever, and I always see it as an opportunity. Like, hey, the first thing I do is like, do you guys know where you know funding comes from to for wildlife conservation and everybody will raise their hand and everybody says taxes and then you're like no it's this it's this it's this it's this it's this and they're like flabbergasted because they can't they don't know and they just never realized and they're like their their uh perception is that hunters hate animals and we just want to kill them right Mm -hmm. they don't know that we're some of the biggest stewards and and uh, you know, lovers. Absolutely. Absolutely, like, man. I mean, I'm listen, there's bad seeds in every group. Uh, yep. There's those guys that just love, they're just got bloodlust like crazy and they just love to shoot things and see things. So like there, there is that I'm not, I mean, nobody's going to lie there, I'm, but it's a very, very small population, you know, very, very small percentage of people within the but mid- you know what i feel like those way. the guys that are really doing shit like that are doing it they're doing it even when they're not supposed to be doing it you know oh, what yeah. i mean oh yeah those are the criminals yeah for yeah. sure absolutely you know and, and, and i'm sure there there's a, a you know another small percentage that just you know they don't they're just in it for the adrenaline rush whatever but mm-hmm. For the most part, I would say the large, the not just the large, large, but the majority of hunters all are like you and I that we're what we're talking about. You know, we care about care about the habitat. We care about the animals. We care about what happens with the food. We care about the process, and it's all it's all income. You know, yeah, encompassing and it's not just about one thing or whatever. No, no, exactly, man. It's definitely. And that's the thing too, is like, I I mean, I kind of feel no less as hunters, even the last little while we've evolved, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like 
you know, I get, I, when I see mistreated animals, I get absolutely, I generally get pissed off. I get angry. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I watched a show on, uh, on Netflix, uh, the last week it was called, uh, the ivory game. And it was about what they're doing to the elephants in Africa. And I was right. fucking mad. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, that's, it's terrible. I know a lot of people would be like, well, I don't understand. Like, I don't see the correlation. I don't understand how come that makes you mad, but then you can go kill a deer. You don't get it. Cause you're not doing it. Right. Like you're just not doing, you're not seeing the whole picture. You're not seeing the time. I like, I care about that deer more than you do way more than you do. Yep. You don't see the time that it goes in. You don't see me outside shooting my boat every day. You don't see me getting up at 4am training every day for a backpack hunt year round. And this isn't like I'm getting up two weeks before the hunt. I do this year round, right? Donating time and money, lots of time, time. And I'm not spending with my kids. Yep. Times and taken away from work money. There's so much that goes into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's really cool about what you're talking earlier about that show or that documentary doing something like that style would be just badass. There is sort of platforms out there that do that, but nothing like to the extent, like what you were talking about. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I would, I would, I would love to put something together like that, I'm, and I might still, you know, in the future, we'll see. And if I, ever, if I could get enough people to care to get the funding for it, you know, it's kind of a hard endeavor to do on your own. But um, yeah, I would love to do that. You know, we were, you're talking about this, and you were talking about the elephants, and made me think. I had this video, and I put it out there, and I can't, can't find where the hell I put it out there. Um, this was, I think, it was before YouTube, so it was on like one of the first video platforms i don't remember but um anyway i gotta look I, I think the hard drive that i had it on was one of the ones that got ruined in a flood that i had um but it was an antelope hunt that i was on and i had this giant buck and he went to go cross a fence and you know antelope don't like to jump fences yep he tried to go on there and he got his prongs caught on the fence. And I literally could have walked right up to him and just shot him. Mm-hmm. He was, and he was a giant buck. He probably would, he probably still be my biggest buck. I, because he was in the eighties, he was, a you know, fantastic specimen. And, um, you know, instead I went over there and I, I took a stick and I unhooked his, prong and you know he scratched that's awesome yeah. yeah and i got i have video this uh, this i do have up on my youtube it, my cousin anthony and uh my friend tony they were anthony and anthony and tony and tony um they uh they were cow hunting well actually one of them had a cow tag one of them had a bull tag and they came up to a cow that was caught in the fence like and they let they let him go. They they let her go. You know, it's like yeah. if if it was just about putting a wrapping a tag around something, stuff like this wouldn't be happening. Like exactly, you know? exactly. What, and what like what you described there that is the epitome right there of fair chase. Fair chase is is an ethical part of being a good hunter. Right. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys that would do the same thing. There's also some guys that that. You know, they just go up and put an arrow in that buck. But I mean, right. that go, that goes back to what you said earlier, whereas, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I think, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, unachievable where we can get everybody on the same page and get all hunters to think like, hey, let's let's look at the end game here. 
You know right. what I mean? Like let's let's think longevity. Let's you know. Do we uh, want to keep doing this for as long? Yeah. As well, and, and you do you want like yeah. yeah 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 exactly. Let's let's think about our grandkids having this opportunity, right? Um, you know, and, and there are times where, um, you know, an animal, you know, that animal is probably not going to make it. So. Oh yeah, it sense it makes sense. So I've had that. I've had that too. So just this past year in South Dakota, um, I end up deciding to put you know my tag. I still had to hunt him. He was still very capable of eluding me. Matter of fact, we had three cracks at him. Uh, There's a mule deer buck, but the neighbor when I found him, the neighbor. He had come over from a neighboring property. Uh, I have private land up there and he was bleeding and his leg was broken. So he had taken a low shot to the leg basically. Um, and, you know, at first I was like, ah, he, I think he'll be fine. Uh, my, my partner, Charles, he had stalked him and he got away from Charles, you know, he, didn't, he was like 20 something yards, but he couldn't get a shot and he, you know, he busted and he actually ran. And I was like, you know, but he ran three legs. And then over the course of the week, we kept seeing him. And he, at that point, he had does with him. He lost the does. Um, and he had another scar on his face. The next time I saw him, so it means like another buck probably, you know, confronted yeah. him. He was taking a run at him. Yeah. Yeah. And I could tell, you know, he was doing progressively worse every time I saw him and I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go shoot this book. Good on you. Yeah. That's good. I but stopped, I mean, that, that goes I back to, on him and I got him, and you know, when I saw it, I was like, Oh man, he had like gangrene on that one. You know, oh, it yeah. was, he was not. Yeah. Know, he, he wouldn't have made the winner anyway. And I mean, that's, that's a solid move as a hunter, right? Like that's what you should strive to do. Right. You don't want to, Say okay, well, I'll leave that buck because that you know I want I want a better buck, but like that deer is going to die no matter what. It wouldn't have made the winner, right? right? That's fact. Instead of you going and taking another animal, you know, there's two dead deer. You just went and took the one that was going to die anyway. To me, that's solid move, right? Yeah, like, I mean, not, not, not to give myself a pat on the back, you know, about it. Now, believe me, there was a there was a certain level of disappointment in me, but I felt like at the same time it was something I had to do, and absolutely. I was disappointed because I, in my head, and we had seen, and I had was been kind of patterning some bigger bucks that i really really wanted to you know <laughs> to take a crack at yeah. um you know and i i in some ways i felt like i was and, and this is just a human in me i felt like i was settling but i knew i was doing the right thing yeah you know, awesome thing it's hard to do you know yeah like that's uh, that speaks volume to you as a hunter and as, as a person but that's that's the kind of stuff that we need right and that's the kind of stuff that you need to be talked about and spoken about because like, you know, if, if you did it the other way, just opens you to be a target for the anti hunters or, or just hunters in general, they do that. Or, you know, somebody will see it or hear about it and hunters or anti hunters will be like, look at this prime example of, you know, the trophy hunting. Um, yeah. You did the exact opposite. So good it, on you, dude. It's a, it's a tough decision and it's a tough thing all the way around because I think that type of situation could be easily misconstrued no matter what. You know, you can talk about the guy before me instead of me, you know, oh, yeah. he, sh you know, took a shot that he shouldn't have. Like, you know, we don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I didn't see the shot. I don't know if he, 
had buck fever or their branch deflected, whatever the case may be, you know, you know, stuff happens. You know? Oh yeah. It's yeah. Tough. It's tough to, um, that's the unfortunate thing about hunting it. But I mean, that's that, that deer could have had a run in with, uh, a rattlesnake or something else if it wasn't a hunter do you know what i mean like true true it's life man it's it's uh it's not pretty but i mean it's you know i i think we got to look at it uh, you know at the way that you that you took it myself so cool dude well you know what uh man it's been good chatting with you I'm glad uh I'm glad we uh we hooked up there yeah likewise definitely so more about the uh you know those issues you guys got going on yeah absolutely well let's let's stay in touch here and uh and we'll keep following up on everything you guys got and i'll just keep uh i'll keep slamming out stuff for how for wildlife but uh uh, where can we find you guys um it's h-o-w-l for wildlife so howlforwildlife.org uh be careful there is another howl for some wildlife or howl out there that's kind of an anti-hunting yeah i seen that that when i first clicked it in that's what came up as how for wildlife.net right okay yeah and, and you know um sort of a little bit of a strategic thing on our part to yeah kind of mask ourselves a little bit um you, you know you always hear about green decoys um yeah we kind of wanted to do the opposite a little bit that's why we chose you know, howl and, and, and the wolf as, you know, cause the wolf is very polarizing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots of controversy Topic. around wolves. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it was kind of a strategic thing, but at the same time, um, you know, we don't want to confuse the hunters. We just want to confuse everybody else. <laughs> but, uh, I, um, yeah, just go to howlforwildlife.org. Uh, you can become a member for free. Uh, you could donate, get part of be part of that incentive program we talked about or you could just take action just go to the action center i think there's a few of them on there right now and we're going to see if we can uh, work it out where we can we can help out uh some of the canadian efforts as well yeah that'd be badass so how does it work so if I, if somebody a member they get wind of something they just notify you guys and you yeah. guys you guys look into it and then you, you throw it up on the web page and then it just it's available right. for everyone to see just I mean, probably the easiest thing um, is to hit me up on Instagram. So it's just John Stallone and okay. just send me a direct message. Say, Hey, we got this thing going on here. And uh, would you look into it now? I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give you a little caveat here is how only gets involved. Cause I keep getting messages about things that are more people problems. Um, we only get involved when it is a ban or i shouldn't say only a ban only when it it directly affects wildlife management um where it goes against science-based wildlife management where it can hurt wildlife in general so just recently here and now i got involved in this personally but i didn't involve how directly was uh, they were trying to get rid of, or they were trying to make bow hunters wear hunter orange in. Yeah, I heard that. I uh, yeah. Colorado went because of one moron who shot, you know, shot somebody uh, during the muzzleloader season. Um, they won that, by the way. But the that's not something how will get involved in. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. But if it has some way where it's going to take away access or it's going to ruin habitat or it's going to affect wildlife management and mm-hmm. sound scientific principles. We're all about it. 
Right. So more conservation focused efforts. Right. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. It's not, we're not, uh, they, you know, sportsman's Alliance deals with pretty much yeah. everything that is cool. Um, you know, di- directly, um, related to hunting and fishing. Um, but we're, it's more about the wildlife itself and, and following the North American, uh, model of conservation. So, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, dude, that's, uh, that's great. I'm going to, uh, shut this off here. Uh, thanks again. I'll get this out right away. So everybody can, uh, can, uh, listen to it and get out and, uh, and sign up and, and get the ball rolling. Appreciate it, man. Really good. Thank you. Okay, brother. Good talking, eh? Talk to you later. Okay, I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to another episode of the Focus Hunting Podcast, which is coming at you as part of the Waypoint Outdoors Collective. This episode of the Focus Hunting Podcast is brought to you by Vortex Optics, the best in optics, period. Backroads Maps, never get lost with Backroads Maps. And AKU Boots, you owe it to your feet. A uh, quick shout out to Howl for Wildlife. If you guys are not familiar with Howl for Wildlife, make sure you head on over to howlforwildlife.org. Become a member, it doesn't cost you anything. They've got tons of great stuff going on, and uh, we're going to be working with them, getting some Canadian issues put on their uh, platform. Thanks again, everybody. Yeah.